Welcome to the Food Intelligence Podcast brought to you by TasteWise. My name is Ron, and today uh, we're going to go over five different types of cake. This is going to be a fun one. So we have a live event that we do every single week called TasteWise Live where we dig into different uh, ingredients and dishes and trends. And one of the things that we covered recently was back to school where we saw that uh, birthday cakes are very much trending. So we thought it would be interesting in the spirit of back to school to have a fun one just about cake and the different types of it that are trending and opportunities within it that you should be on the lookout for um, as a business, but also kind of just us wanting to talk about cake. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Miriam, welcome to the cake episode. Thanks, Ron. I'm excited to be here. I wish I had prepared some some cake for breakfast, but alas, I mean, on the on the taste wise cooking class that we keep teasing and never actually going through with, one day we'll have to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just add that to the list. All of the types of cake that we'll be covering today. Done. I um, love it. So, as you were doing research recently, what drew you specifically to these trends? Yeah. Um, so something that we've been doing a lot on the pod recently, uh, we've been doing a lot of motivation analysis or consumer need analysis. So looking at you know what what draws consumers to trends, but we haven't actually, um, at least recently, done you know just the the meat and potatoes kind of what are the ingredients that are trending. Um, looking at dishes, looking at ingredients, um, and seeing as it is late September uh, and kids kind of all over the world are heading back to school, um, especially here in the U.S. Um, and that has been a fraught moment for a lot of people. Um, I thought it would be fun to do something kind of light and, you know, kind of kid oriented, something that revolves around fun. Um, so we ended up with cake. Okay. So, um, are we, and what was kind of like your leading indicators into choosing the, the ones that you're being, including, are these that are trending on social or are these ones that are uh, trending within a certain motivation? Yeah, great question. Um, so these are, I'm looking at, uh, we'll, we'll get into it as we go, but um, for those of you who want a refresher on how we understand a trend versus a fad, we have a whole a whole episode on that. Um, so something that I looked at when looking through these trends um, was looking at both the establishment, so the frequency or the uh, kind of yeah, the frequency of occasions where something is mentioned in consumer conversations, so that's social media, uh, and the growth, so how popular that is, how much those those that frequency is increasing. So looking at social media data for sure. Cake is interesting uh, also on menus, but we're seeing a lot of the, the creativity and um, the growth and the kind of the diversity of flavors. We're seeing that more in, in social media. Um, cake is one of those categories that you see a lot of the innovation kind of in consumer kitchens, and then it eventually kind of arrives on menus um, on kind of on scale. So we're starting with social media today. Awesome. Um, so just before we dive into it, uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, there's a free edition of TasteWise uh, that you can get access to on our website, tastewise.io. So if you want to follow along, um, you can quite literally uh, get on the free edition and type in cake and uh, you can see some of these trends already. Um, very soon, um, there's going to be a new version of it that's going to be released. So if you sign up now to the free edition of TasteWise, you're going to be able to get access uh, to some additional features, some additional research features that are going to be really, really exciting. So I encourage everybody listening to this, um, if you're listening to this as it comes out, but even if not, uh, to go to tastewise.io and sign up for the free edition 
and uh, start exploring these trends by yourself, a lot of uh, users are getting a ton of benefit uh, of it. And uh, I don't want you to miss out. Okay, so where are we uh, starting? So as I always say in every episode, we're starting at the beginning, Ren. Um, so I want us to look just at the kind of dessert landscape to start because I think it's always important to validate, you know, why why cake at all? We all sort of know anecdotally that, you know, cake is cake is where it's at. Quick question, Ron. Are you an ice cream or a cake kind of guy at birthday parties? At birthday parties, um, yeah. as a parent, I would definitely say yeah. cake. On the whole, probably I prefer ice cream. Cool. Okay. So, right. So there's a context that we make these decisions in. So it's important to know kind of what's what's out there. So again, just looking at desserts, not looking at birthday, none of that, just top desserts in the US ranked by establishment. So um, another way to say that is ranked by popularity or the frequency um, of mentions within social media conversations. So cake is the number one top dessert in the US. Um, it constitutes about 5% of social media conversations, which is pretty significant. Um, so in 5% of all social media conversations about food, cake features in some, some capacity. Um, the next one is cookie. Uh, which is only about two and a half percent. So cake is more than double the interest than cookies are. Um, and then that gets even smaller with ice cream. Ice cream is about half of the cookie um, cookie interest. Donuts, um, even less. Cupcakes, even less. So the top five are cake, cookie, ice cream, donut, and cupcake. Um, but cake is by far uh, the most penetrated and the most established. And this is uh, 5% in relation to all of food and beverage, not just in relation yeah. to, to desserts. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, which is pretty cool, right? Um, I, I had no idea that cake was so prevalent. And again, this is U.S. data. Um, if anyone's interested in kind of seeing uh, the U.K. side of things, which is our other uh, capability right now geographically, uh, let us know. Shoot us an, an email at live at taste.io. Would happy, be happy to walk you through that. Maybe we'll do another pod on, on U.K. data. But for today, we're looking at U.S. data. Um, okay, so if we look then within top cake varieties, so we're drilling down even further and we're looking at um, cake itself, again, based on popularity or establishment, we see that the top five um, and number one, spoiler alert, this is what we were saying before, birthday cake um, is kind of the, the shining star there, followed by cream cakes, wedding cake, which I thought was interesting. It's a pretty niche category, um, but that's it's up there. It's number three. Uh, followed again by cake pops, which you could make the argument of whether or not that's actually cake for the for the inclusion of today. We're going to say that it is, um, and butter cake. So it's interesting the... that it's uh, very driven by occasions and not mm -hmm. by the type of the actual cake. That it's not like chocolate cake, strawberry cake. Hugely, right? And I think that that is um, cake is one of those things that is really can be really occasion driven. Um, and it, as we're in a world that is either, we're either returning to an era of occasions or we're still profoundly aware of the fact that we can't return to that. Um, and so people are trying to find, you know, approximations of, of that. I think that occasions are really top of mind for folks um, as they're creating, you know, cakes or desserts. So definitely worth watching. Um, okay, so next we'll head into the fastest growing um, cake ingredients. And again, I, I filtered this a little bit through at kind of desserts generally, and then looked at looked at cakes. So this is both within the cake category, but these are also significant within desserts generally, which is pretty cool. So um, when you look at the fastest growing dessert ingredients, several of these are ranked kind of in the top for just general desserts, but we'll, we'll say it as within the cake category today. Um, so the number one fastest drum roll, please. Uh, number one fastest growing type of cake um, is actually butterfly cakes, 
which is up 421% year over year in consumer conversation. So interest is rising significantly. Um, and I wanted to know, you know, what is a butterfly cake? I was, I was, you know, getting ready for some like very innovative, again, innovative. I never say it except for on the pod, innovative. <laughs> um, <laughs> type of construction, something. A butterfly cake is literally a cake decorated with butterflies. Um, And for some reason, that is the top growing um, piece. I want to call us back to that original thought about kids, right? So kids um, heading back to school or in need of, you know, extra fun and joy and creativity in the kitchen. Um, So butterfly cakes are up there followed second by caterpillar cakes, which again, cakes decorated like caterpillars. So we're seeing this attention, this visual aesthetic attention to things that will delight kids, uh, which shows, I think, a real attention that caregivers or adults or parents in the kitchen um, are, are giving to making sure that their kids feel included um, and excited. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, why specifically those two? I mean, and also kind of linked, I guess. Uh, but um, I mean, <laughs> I wonder... First, the butterfly yeah. or the caterpillar? <laughs> I mean, I wonder if we take a look at um, some of the social examples um, of people posting about this, if uh, if there's some sort of um, cultural moment that's happening, uh, like an influence from some kid's movie or something that is that is driving this, that would be really interesting to, to look at. Yeah, it's a great question. And I'll, I'll have to look at look at it. Um, I know that caterpillar cakes have been around for a while. And also, you know, butterfly cakes, decorating with butterflies is not necessarily sort of a new or innovative concept. But I will say, um, the examples that I looked at when looking at butterfly cakes and caterpillar cakes specifically, they're very decadent. So they're very time intensive. And I think that that calls back to the baking skills that people were developing at the advent of, of the pandemic, right? People were spending a lot of time in their kitchen. They were working on their baking skills. So we're seeing that investment over a year ago still continuing to play out in the kitchen. People are still investing in creating these really, you know, decadent baked goods. Um, so I think that that's a really cool way to see how something that started off as kind of a, almost like a survival mechanism, right? To save off boredom or to feel connected to something artistic or creative in the kitchen. Um, we're seeing that take on kind of new forms as the world progresses through this pandemic. It's really interesting. Um, okay. So the third one is princess cake. And you might be saying, okay, Miriam, decorated with princesses. No, a princess cake is actually um, a Swedish cake. And I actually knew this from watching the British Bake Off, if anyone watches that. Um, great, great show. But uh, princess cake is a Swedish cake that is oftentimes layers of cream, raspberry, and sponge cake, and then covered in marzipan. So it's a, it's a delicious, very sweet um, kind of texturally decadent uh, dessert. And that's growing 120% year over year in consumer interest in the, in the U.S., um, it's also something that's very skill-based again. So we're seeing that these kind of skill-based intensive uh, cake varieties are growing. Just to kind of compare that to something else, you know, we we could have very easily seen, you know, people are relying on yellow cake or funfetti cake. They're going back to basics, the really, really easy stuff, right? That's the stuff that's trending. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing that the really um, time-intensive and uh, challenging kind of cakes are the ones that are trending. And I think that it would be a miss to to miss out on kind of what I was talking about before the underpinnings there because I think it really does point to kind of a cultural moment in the kitchen. So this is a focus on what people are are making at home, right? This is not the types of cakes that are being purchased at uh, at food service that we're seeing on menus. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So okay. So we had butterfly cake, caterpillar cake, princess cake, um, and then I added more than five here just because I think they're interesting. But um, wedding cake is uh. 
up next. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool because wedding cake we saw, um, or we will see, uh, in a moment, we'll get to it, but, um, is one of the top cake varieties that we looked at before, right. Um, based on penetration and it's also growing significantly. So again, as folks are getting back into actually being able to go to weddings and actually being able to, you know, make those choices and show them off on, on social media, that that's, uh, coming up. Side note, I was just speaking to one of our, um, amazing teammates about the role that experiential or that experiences is playing in the way that we understand food and beverage today. And she was saying something really interesting about, um, the evolution of food vis-a-vis social media. So, um, you know, how it's become really common to have a phone as a dinner companion, right? Like it's really normal for us to go to a restaurant or to a wedding or to a birthday, right. And see people, photographing food um, and how that in turn then has influenced the food trends themselves. Um, So not just that food is showing up on social media, but that social media is influencing food. Um, So wedding cake is one of those that we're seeing it growing um, and we're seeing it become, you know, this trending category. um, And that's a large part of it. It's made to be Instagrammable. Exactly. Yeah. Um, You know, wedding cakes have always been aesthetically related, you know, like a a wedding Mm -hmm. has a lot to do with, and I say this as someone who's planning a wedding now, um, (laughs) has a lot to do with, you know, aesthetics and and people want it photographed and right. It it kind of plays a central role, but, um, social media has very much expanded that, I think. Um, all right. The last two are, uh, butter cake and, um, queen cake, but I want to kind of zoom us out. So those are kind of very cool, almost a little bit niche types of cakes that are growing really quickly. Um, but I want to focus on birthday cake because that was a top cake variety that we saw before based on popularity establishment. Um, and birthday cake actually has a 30% growth rate year over year. So it's that highest penetrated cake type that's also experiencing, you know, it's not experiencing the 420% growth of butterfly cake, but 30% year over year is actually really significant. Um, and especially for something that's really well penetrated. Uh, so we're seeing that birthday cake has uh, this high growth, high penetration. Um, it shows up not just in top varieties of cake, but top variety of desserts. So birthday cake is where it's at. I have a question that um, I apologize if this will like expose my ignorance. Uh, as someone <laughs> who is working for a food tech company. Um, sure. So... If we're if we're talking about like preparation methods and we're talking about you know specifically cake and we can have a, I'm sure a whole discussion about what makes a cake a cake right like mm. there was there, there were different cool. things that uh, there was something that you mentioned there that uh, cake you said pop. cake pop uh, I'm yeah. not sure I even know what that is it's a it's a piece of it's a imagine a ball of cake um, coated mm-hmm. in icing on a stick so it's not consumed like a cake it doesn't come in a cake form but it's on a it's like a lollipop but as a cake. So some people say, okay, that's cake, but not. So things like, for example, like uh, pies, like apple pies, like would you see them as um, like a smaller like subsection of cake or just completely separate? Completely separate. Yeah. So pies in terms of preparation methods and oftentimes ingredients um, and intense, like in, cakes are oftentimes easier to make than pies. Uh, if we look at kind of the generic version of both, cakes are easier to make. Um, yeah. Faster cooking time, all that, all that good stuff. But of course you can find... Uh, you know, very complicated versions of both, but pie is a different different category than cake for sure. Mm-hmm. So this wouldn't be included there. And it's interesting that uh, out of the ones that you listed, butter cake was the only one that was ingredient based, right? That, exactly. that the thing that is trending is the ingredient. Exactly. So um, I, I noticed that as well. And I decided to um, kind of dive into the actual ingredients and not just the the preparation or the title, but the actual ingredients. So I looked at uh, birthday cake flavors 
um, generally. And I want to just pull a side note here for us, which I think is important. Um, fun is one of the top growing motivations for birthday cakes. It's growing 34% year over year. Um, so the interest in having fun around a birthday cake is 34% higher than it was last year, um, which I think kind of calls to mind what we were saying before, right? About creating something fun in the kitchen, something that kids can have access to and enjoy. It's also a little bit of a sad statistic yeah. <laughs> that last year we were a full third less likely to have fun <laughs> with a <with the> birthday <laughs> cake than we are this year. Um, so definitely keep that kind of fun in mind as we look at these ingredients. Um, so this is again, just for birthday cake. We're not looking at cake broadly. So chocolate is actually the most um, established or most popular form of birthday cake in the U S it's 28% of birthday cake conversations. So if anyone was deliberating, you know, what's more popular, chocolate cake, vanilla cake, chocolate is the very clear winner. Um, I will say personally, I am team vanilla cake. Uh, never have been a big a big chocolate gal, but, um, apparently my peers in the U S disagree. So we've got 28% of birthday cake conversations, uh, revolve around chocolate. Uh, the next is buttercream. Um, so it's kind of hearkening back to what we were talking before. So that's 17% of conversations. Um, and then we can see that berries actually focus, uh, in about 10% of birthday cake occasions followed by vanilla, which is 9%. So chocolate is a full three times more popular than vanilla for birthday cake occasions. Mm-hmm which is pretty interesting. Um, and if we look at the trending flavors, so again, we've just looked at the penetrated. So these are the, the frequency of, of conversations. Um, and now we're going to be looking at the trending flavors. So based on the early growth, we can see, um, and this is a little bit of a, it might be a flash in the pan trend. Um, again, we talk about the difference between a trend and a fad in a previous episode. So feel free to listen. Um, so moon pies, are actually growing a thousand percent year over year. And we're hesitant to sort of include usually things that have such high growth rates because that could indicate, you know, one person was eating a moon pie and now I don't know, it would be a thousand percent more. A thousand people are eating moon pies, right? So um, we want to be careful of that and calling it a trend, but a thousand is pretty significant. Um, It only constitutes 0.02% of birthday cake conversations. So again, this is not something I'm claiming you know, everybody who's making a cake for your kid next week, hop on the moon pie trend, unless, you know, your kid loves moon pies. Um, but yeah, so this is, this is an interesting one, but it's a little bit kind of further outfield. Mm-hmm. Although we're not necessarily talking to, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're also talking to us that, uh, that need to get, um, a cake or a pie right. uh, ready for, <laughs> exactly. for a birthday party next week, but also right. <laughs> from the perspective of, you know, ingredient makers, um, and, uh, and CPGs and marketers that are out there that are, uh, to me, it sounds mostly like content opportunities, like, uh, exactly. including your product, uh, in the context of, um, of a birthday cake or in the context of, um, somehow accentuating like the fun aspect of a birthday cake or some of the other types of cake that uh, we were talking about. Absolutely. Um, and I actually want to, I want to focus on that in a moment on opportunities specifically for uh, new product developers and also in marketing. Uh, but we'll round out this list of trending flavors. So we had uh, moon pie as the top one there, uh, followed by again, butterfly cakes showing up yet again um, with uh, the 446% uh, year-over-year growth for birthday cakes specifically. So before we were seeing butterfly cakes as, you know, this trending concept on its own, but now we're seeing it for birthdays. Uh, Cornflakes, interestingly, um, are growing 270% year-over-year as an ingredient in birthday cakes, um, kind of adding that crunch, followed by uh, choco flan and affogato. So both of those are hovering around 200% year-over-year. Affogato cake? Affogato cake, yeah. Um, I saw some cool 
some cool instances of it. Um, very kind of like, uh, what's the word? Not creamy. What's the word I'm looking for? Affogato. Like it's, it's, it looks great, essentially. <laughs> Not the, whatever the opposite of dense is. We we can um, put the links to the um, to the searches for these for, for Spotlight. Uh, we can put the links uh, in the show notes um, on Great Spotify. Idea. You can find that uh, for each episode just at the top. Excellent. Um, so I want to kind of round us out with that analysis um, on cakes with a few motivations because I think it's important to always look at the root behind these um, and especially behind the ingredients themselves. So uh, I took a look at the top motivations. I want to save us some time because a lot of them weren't particularly, you know, um, exciting or, you know, beyond kind of what we're we're seeing echoed in other trends. Um, So I'm going to kind of spare us the conversation about, you know, health versus the granular health motivations and all of that because we've done that before and we're going to do it again. Um, But specifically for birthday cake, um, I saw that health motivations are down. Um, and that's true sort of across the board that we're seeing right now, that general health motivations are down. But this is true even if we look at two year over year data. So for kind of bypassing the pandemic and looking at what's going on. So people are not as interested in having healthy birthday cakes as they once were. Um, even things like gluten free are down. So people are, are kind of going whole hog into the you know decadent indulgence, um, not necessarily catered to different dietary restrictions type of cake. Um, and we're also seeing ethics, and this is where I want to really focus on for uh, for new product development. Um, so we, we've done a lot of work. If you joined us for Alternative Proteins Month, we were looking a lot at sustainability within that category. Sustainability is really, really important. We're going to be talking about it more um, on the podcast here over the next couple of weeks. Um, but free range and fair trade are both growing exponentially for birthday cake. And you might be thinking, okay, that's sort of specific. But if we think about the actual ingredients within birthday cake, um, free range eggs, right? Um, birthday cakes and baking involve a lot of eggs and fair trade chocolate. Um, so two of the primary ingredients, and especially since we saw that chocolate is the top penetrated flavor for birthday cake, there's huge opportunity for fair trade chocolate to, to really shine in this moment, right? So if we know that birthday cakes are trending. They're a top trending dessert variety. We know that chocolate is the lion's share of flavor profiles within that. And we see that that people are really interested in fair trade. If you're a fair trade chocolate um, product, right, consider creating a piece of content marketing or partnering with an influencer or something to, to kind of uh, showcase your ingredient in the birthday cake field which I think is really great. Um, and as well as eggs, uh, same thing. If you're a free range egg or if you you know, are thinking about making the jump and, and becoming uh, free range or, or acknowledging and, and developing those sustainability practices within your, your product. And it doesn't have to just be egg, right? You can think about this, the sustainability and ethical um, consequences of, of any ingredient, right? Um, and consumers are into it. They're looking not just in you know, gourmet meals or in moments where they're creating an alternative protein burger or whatever. We're seeing this even in kind of standard fun occasions like a birthday cake, right? Um, consumers are interested in the ethical um, piece of the puzzle. Uh, so definitely think about how to create content marketing that reflects that or um, even products that can engage in that space. Yeah, so that's really interesting because on in like the bigger picture, we're seeing um, sustainability making sort of a comeback, right? Sustainability was down pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, personal health and immunity, stress relief, all this, uh, all this stuff that um, we talk about it a lot. That it's not necessarily that health is down, but it's get right. it's becoming more focused, more specific. Where people are no longer talking about health, they're talking about the specific um, benefit that they want to get out of their their food. You can almost uh, call it the either the function 
or the uh, or the the health benefit uh, itself, right? Um, like uh, like immunity, for example, right? But, or nutrition, uh, yeah. Which is and the other side of that as well. So on the whole, it's kind of like okay, um, sustainability was more important than personal health. Then that kind of switched during uh, the pandemic. Now sustainability is definitely making a comeback. Um, consumers are demanding more out of each purchase that they make, out of the brands that uh, they interact with. But it seems like specifically in this world of birthday cakes, it's uh, it's not necessarily the case. Or actually, uh, now that now that I think of it. Um, so also, or maybe it's even more represented, right? Because you say that health really not as important and really everything that's left is just like, okay, we're having this crazy decadent birthday cake. Right. Um, we're throwing out the window all of the uh, the nutritional and immunity and all of the health benefits. Let's at least make sure it's a free trade chocolate that uh, that we're using here. Exactly. And I actually really like how you painted that just now, because it goes back to, again, what we were saying before about the experience. The experience is being privileged more than the health of it, right? The the fun, the aesthetic, the even the experience of knowing that you're eating something that's good for the planet, right? That's a type of experience yeah. as well. So um, the experience is more important than necessarily the health uh, health impact in this particular moment. That's really interesting. So I think in terms of um, opportunities here, so we focused a lot on birthday cake because that was, uh, it's a fun one. And also it's the one that, uh, that we saw trending the most um, on, um, on the live that we did. Um, but in terms of the opportunities that we're looking here, really this breaks down into mostly a new product development and marketing opportunity where in the world of new product development, um, if you have anything to do with these aspects, where, whether that is um, uh, chocolate, uh, flavoring for cakes or anything that you can position within recipes for uh, for cakes that you can make a sustainability focused uh, claim on because it's important to remember that even if we're saying uh, you know free trade that is an example the driver behind that is the motivation to eat something that is sustainable so even if it's more around you know uh, climate change footprint or things that are that are okay. supportive of sustainability in a different way that is still going to be impactful um, maybe even more so because then you are closer to creating your own trend that you can kind of ride and capitalize on rather than um, something that's already out there in the market and uh, if you already have a product that uh, you are able to position within this context, then this is an amazing marketing opportunity for collaborating with influencers, uh, creating your own content, which of course primarily will be recipes, uh, but uh, but also things that are that celebrate the experience and getting back to these experiences. Exactly, um, and that calls to mind. It, it, we love this example of mentioning it. We've mentioned it in other contexts as well. But um, Duncan Hines, that example that we looked at a few months ago of uh, you know a classic cake box, but they positioned it as a you know a cake kit. Uh, so when people were kind of at the height of shutdowns and looking for something to do collaborative in the kitchen, and it was more of an experience, and they kind of made that nothing was different about the product necessarily, or to the best of my knowledge, right? But the the packaging and the the product marketing. Um, out in you know the grocery stores and all of that was different, um, and that was a that's an easier switch than it is to create a whole new product from scratch. So, um, if you think about 
birthdays or experiences, even that example of weddings that we looked at before, right? If you can find a way to pivot without spending a lot of time and money um, to tap into these experiences that consumers are really excited about, that could be a really lucrative opportunity for you. Um, and birthdays and weddings both are, are places where people are looking for uh, tasty aesthetic solutions. So to round us out, can you just quickly run through the list again of the actual types of cakes that, uh, that you mentioned just to, to make sure we have a top of mind as we wrap up the episode? Sure. Would you like fastest growing or most established? Uh, fastest growing, meaning that uh, there's a significant change currently happening within them. I feel like those are more interesting, right? I mean, sure. I feel like you don't need taste wise to tell you like, yeah, chocolate cake is, is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Exactly. So um, the top uh, within the context of desserts and, and specifically then within cake, uh, the top growing ones are butterfly cake, caterpillar cake, princess cake, wedding cake, and butter cake. And if we want to know the top five for birthday cakes, which I'll tell you just now, um, we're looking at moon pies, butterfly cakes, cornflakes, choco flan, and affogato. Those are the ingredients. Um, so we've got kind of two lists there for you to work with. When uh, I told my three-year-old daughter, Lily, that uh, uh, rainbows and unicorns are, are not currently trending, she was ambivalent towards it not, uh, <laughs> she's like we'll, we'll see about that Harnick. we'll see well, about that <laughs> yeah I'm a, I'm a trendsetter i i don't follow the uh the market <laughs> i will say i was at a four-year-old's birthday party yesterday um and they brought out this you know chocolate kind of purple iced cake cute all on good had a little bit of sprinkles cut it open and it was one of those cakes that at the center just has like a ton of sprinkles that just spills out. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like the, the dry sprinkles in the middle and the, the look of shock and awe on not only the kids, but all the adults. We were like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> no. The adults um, going like, oh no, the kids going like, this is the best thing yes. that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it reminded me, when was the last time I was at a birthday party? Right? And, yeah. Not in the last year. That was the first piece of birthday cake I'd had in a long time. So that was part of the motivation for doing this as well. Because anecdotally, like I've I've experienced this longing for birthday cake as well. Yeah, I mean, so personally, here when we had uh, the three uh, like third birthday party for um, for Lily and June for my uh, my twin girls, um, they their requests were very simple. Uh-huh. It was uh, one wanted a pink cake and the other wanted a, um, a yellow cake, and uh, that's pretty much it so that's pretty, it i'm pretty telling solid. you back to, back to basics they know what they want yeah. they're like i'd like an affogato um <laughs> exactly cake, <laughs> i'd like a princess cake please but the swedish kind not the <laughs> yeah. the elsa yeah. kind not the right. kind. <laughs> the elsa <laughs> variety all right uh thanks everybody so much for tuning in this was a really fun one to make um if there's anything that you'd like us to cover on any of these um, then uh, feel free to send us a note at live at tastewise.io. You can also check out tastewise.io to get on the free edition of Tastewise if you want to do some research yourself. There's a lot of really great resources on there, like a live event where we do some research for you. Um, and there's also a great template that you can use if you need to put, for example, together a uh, presentation about cake and about the trends uh, related to cakes and birthday cake. Um, which if that is your job, I congratulate you. That sounds absolutely amazing. (laughs) Um, We have some uh, really exciting guests uh, that are going to be on in the next few weeks. So uh, please make sure to stay tuned for that. And I'd like to thank, as always, the fantastic team that helps us put this podcast together. So of course, Miriam for doing all of the research um, while I kind of like 
babble on and say um a lot when I hear the recordings. Me too. It drives me, it drives me crazy. Um, I was conscious of it this time and I was really, really trying, but I think a few... A few must have... Right now I wanted to say um. Yeah. A, few, <laughs> a few slipped through. Yeah, and uh, we have Daniel Gal who edits uh, every single podcast episode and the podcast is produced by Phil Nagal. So thank you to the wonderful team and we'll see you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Thank you.